Wells has a special this morning. I didn't realize there was going to be so many people here. <laughs> they all walked away, nothing to say. They just lost their dearest friend. All that he said, now he was dead. Cause oh, this was the way it would end. The dreams they had dreamed were not what they'd seemed. Now that he was dead and gone, the garden, the jail, the hammer, the nail, how could I not? From afar, the wedding, the water, the wine. Now it was done. They had taken her son, wasted before his time. She knew it was true. She'd watched him die too. She'd heard them call him just a man. But deep in her heart, she knew from the start, somehow her son would live again. Then came the morning, night turned into day, the had lost and life had won for morning had come the morning night turned into day the
the sun Death had lost and life had won For morning had come Then came the morning Thank you, Miss Betty. Great job. And this morning, focus for a little while on the sounds of the cross, and we're going to uh, look at something that uh, maybe some you might not have thought about before, but the sounds associated with the last 12 hours of Jesus' life, and then, of course, the sounds of the resurrection of His life. Take a look at this.
every one of those sounds, notice there was no faces or anything like that in a video completely about the sounds of the cross. Every one of those sounds are straight out of God's Word, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. The sounds of the cross. The last 12 hours of Jesus' life. Of course, skipping three days that He rose again. They waited in desperation. You know, the song, Then Came the Morning. Did you know, really, good news, good news cannot be appreciated unless you have bad news. The Our good time, you know, so many of us appreciate the pretty day and weather that we have this morning because we've seen bad weather before. <laughs> so we know what a pretty day is. Did you know if you, you wouldn't know what a pretty day is if you've never saw a bad day or bad weather? And so the same way with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so just looking quickly at that scripture that was quoted at the end, it says this, He is not here, for He is risen as He said. See the place where the Lord lay. And that was the angels pointing to the empty tomb as the women came to see and to anoint the body of Jesus. They didn't find Him there. (laughs) He was gone. And so let's look at some of these. First of all, this morning, I want to talk about the sounds of betrayal. The sounds of betrayal. Back a couple of pages. Most of the Scriptures will come from Matthew this morning. In Matthew 26 and verse 47 Right here at the end, the whole story, all these sounds are found here. In Matthew 26, verse 47, the Word of God says this, And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same as he behold or hold him fast. And forthwith Jesus, uh, he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. You know, this, uh, the, there's three things that are three groups, if you will, that betrayed Jesus. And the sounds of a, uh, most of us know what a, a kiss sounds like when we really emphasize it. A That's the way we say a kiss. There was a sound. There was actually, it might have been slight, it might have been soft, but there was a sound associated with Judas betraying Jesus. This morning for just a couple of minutes, just on this first point, there was a person who betrayed Jesus. If you've ever felt betrayed in your life, if you've ever been hurt by somebody, if you've ever been stabbed in the back, if you've, you know, so many times we think, I, I wish somebody knew or understood what I was going through or understood what's happening in my life. If you've ever experienced that, Jesus knows exactly what you're experiencing. Or If you have any Feelings of, I'm all alone. Guess what? Jesus felt all alone because guess what? All his friends, the one disciple betrayed him, the others ran. 
So he was betrayed. He was left alone. He knows what loneliness feels like. He was betra- Jesus was betrayed by a person. Jesus was betrayed by a crowd. The whole crowd turned against him. I love John's account of the story when they said, Are you the one? Are you Jesus of Nazareth? I love John's account because it says this. It says, When Jesus uttered those words, I am He, they all got knocked down on their backside. Just from Him speaking, I don't think I would have arrested somebody who can knock me down with three words. And so, you know, they didn't know, realize what they were getting into. And so the sounds of betrayal, not only a person betrayed him, not only the crowd betrayed Jesus, but a nation betrayed Jesus. The next thing, Matthew 27 and verse 24, to me this is scary. A crowd betraying Jesus. <clears throat> Matthew 27, 24 says this. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing... But that rather atonement was made, he took water, he washed his hands before the multitude, and he said, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be upon us and our children. Folks, I don't think... I don't think they realized what they were saying. They were in a rage. They were all worked up. Man, I, we're going to get him. There's so many people I've seen get worked up and get in a rage and make decisions that had consequences. And there's no way you can take that back. And they said, His blood be upon us and our children. They did not realize that when Jesus was walking around uttering prophecies, He said, listen, the whole nation is headed toward away from God. And I'm the Son of God. I'm the only hope you've got. And they said, crucify him. His blood be upon us and our children. While they were uttering those words, they didn't realize the nation of Israel because of so many decisions. And that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. When they rejected Jesus, the nation, now that was around 29 A.D. In 70 A.D., Israel was wiped off the planet. And all there was left was a bunch of scattered Jews all over the world. And for almost 2,000 years, there was no nation of Israel because the nation had rejected God. And they they thought they hadn't, you know, say, we worship Jehovah, we worship Yahweh. They were naming all the Old Testament names for God. But God had sent a son. And they spat on Him. And they beat Him. And they rejected Him. And it not only cost Judas his life. Did you know if you don't go over there now, but if you read Psalms 109, it says Judas, because of his decisions, he would not have any more kids. His lineage would be cut off and his family would be destitute. Fathers, decisions you make can have eternal consequences on your family. Hear me, dads and grandpas. You think, well, I can just be any way I want to be, and you can lead your family straight to hell. You can teach them all the things about how to enjoy life, but have you taught them anything how to enjoy the next life? Or how to even be ready for the next life? You know, think about that. The decisions we make as leaders, as dads, as husbands have eternal consequences. Matter of fact, the nation I love, you know, describes it and it's bold. Psalms 9.17 says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. 
That's the sounds of betrayal. The sounds of his beating. And Matthew, we heard just a smidgen of it there and nothing... You know, there's no way that you can justify it. Even, you know, that that was a very, very... All we saw in that little short video was one drop of blood going down a piece of wood. It wasn't near as bloody as the Passion of the Christ. Those scenes weren't from the Passion. They were in Aramaic, which is the language that was commonly spoken then. But in Matthew 27, 26, it says, Then released he... Barabbas, Pilate did unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, that's the beating. If you've ever heard about it, some of you may have not heard that whenever he was beat, he was not beat with a just an old whip. But it was commonly scourging was done with a, a whip that had several tongs or, or, or uh, uh, pieces of leather on the end that had uh, stone and steel and fragments in it. And it would literally, if you've seen that, rip the flesh off his back. And so when they, they thought, you know, when he brought him back, he said, look what I've done. I beat him within an inch of his life. And they said, we don't care. We want him to die. We want him crucified. He scourged Jesus here in verse 26. I'm in Matthew 27, 26. And then they delivered him to be crucified. Verse 27, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall, and gathered unto him a, a bunch of other guys. And they stripped him naked. And put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. You reckon that made any sound when they shoved that? Y'all saw that those Judean thorns are not a briar patch. And they shoved that crown of thorns on him. You reckon that made any noise? You're, as you read the narrative in, in all four Gospels, you, the Bible says He cried out. He, he responded to pain. Jesus wasn't a superman. He was God in the flesh. But folks, He felt pain. And He hurt. He was, it, he was in pain. We don't think, well, I, hit me again. I didn't feel that. He felt that. He, he allowed Himself to be tortured and killed. Yes, He gave His life, but that means He laid it down. He allowed Himself to be killed. So they planted the crown of thorns. Verse 29, they put, a, put it on His head. Now, all this to make fun of Jesus. Folks, not only did Jesus suffer physically, He suffered emotionally. Anybody in this room who's ever been called a name, Jesus was called a name. They called me every name in the book. Jesus was called every name in the book. Jesus has experienced all things like we have except without sin. They bowed the knee before Him. Look at the King. Look at the King. You can't read inflection on a piece of paper, but I guarantee you it was there. You can't read attitude in the, in the ink, in the paper here, but I guarantee you they had an attitude toward Jesus. They just, they weren't robots. Well, that's the king of the Jews. They had a, they had a vehement, despising, hateful, and arrogant attitude toward Jesus. They mocked him. Hell, king of the Jews, verse 30. 
And they spit on him and took the reed and, you know, the King King James Version, it says here, smote him in the head. In redneck terminology, they knocked him in the head. I was at church camp and I kept rephrasing different things because I love the poetic style and the accuracy of the King James Version. So a lot of times I'll rephrase. I was teaching at church camp and all these... uh, uh, 15, 16, 17-year-olds, and they said, Oh, man, Brother Michael, we love your redneck version. Write one. It's going to take a long time to write a redneck version Bible. But it probably could be done. They smacked him in the head. They hit him in the head. They knocked him in the head. That, you know, smote 1611, that's accurate. That, that means they whopped him in the head. Y'all understand that terminology, don't you? And so, folks, it wasn't a pretty picture. It wasn't a fairy tale. This is not a make-believe Cinderella story. And so he was beat for you and I. Verse 31, and after they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him. And put on that his raiment back on him, which is, of course, the garment that the soldiers gambled over at the foot of the cross. And they led him away to be crucified. His flesh, his blood was spilled. The sound of the nails. The sound of the nails that we hear. You know, the Bible doesn't mention him in the, in the gospel narratives. It doesn't say, of course, nailed to the cross. But we know he was because of the, all the other scriptures that tell us. And we know, of course, the history of it. In John chapter 20, going to the other gospel account. In verse 25, we see here one of the disciples. He had something to say. He said, he's alive, Thomas. I've seen him. He's alive. Thomas was a. He had a little bit of an attitude, and he said this. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas, he, as he, said unto them, Except I see in his nail, in his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I'm not going to believe you. I'm just not going to believe you. I just, I just, you know, a lot of times, and then, of course, Jesus appeared. If you read the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story says Jesus just, boom, he showed up. I mean, their doors were shut. He just like, all these doors are shut. And boom, he was standing there. And Thomas didn't poke his finger in his hand. He didn't stick his hand in his side. He fell down and he said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, listen, I'm so thrilled that you believe me. You believe me because you see me. Blessed are those who have not seen and believed. So guess what that means for us? An extra special blessing because we believe the words of God's Word, God's Holy Word, without having seen it. I mean, we, and that's called faith. That's called trust. And a redneck version of faith is just say, I trust you. I trust. I have faith in my wife. I trust her. I have faith in the church. I trust it. I have faith in God. I trust Him. I have faith in the pew. I trust it will hold me up. 
with eight or nine people sitting on it. Some of y'all I hadn't ever seen this close before. This is great. This is awesome. We need to we need to take that uh, tape and seal up. You know, uh, bar some crime scene tape. Tape off the back of the church there and say, okay, move on up. And speaking of crimes. I sure hope somebody figures out who's exploding all this stuff and puts an end to all those crimes. And uh middle of the night, I don't mind an explosion, just not at midnight. We speaking of sounds, we fist and get to a boom. I love the I told uh Jeff, I said, We play that video, it's about sounds, so turn it up for the hearing impaired, because I are one, okay? I want to hear it. There was earthquakes. Rock, I mean, you can't split a rock without a sound. You can't, the earth can't quake without a sound. The stone, I guarantee you, you're going to see something maybe you haven't seen before. Just a second. The sound of the nails. Colossians has something to say about this real quick. I love this. This is powerful. In Colossians chapter 2, in verse 14, Jesus did this. He, he, he was blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, which means this, the law says we're sinners. And without the shedding of Jesus' blood, we're all going to die and go to hell. He blotted out means He fulfilled it. He took care of it. He took care of the penalty of sin, which was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way. And what did Jesus, according to this verse, what did Jesus do with your sin, according to that verse? Y'all see that? Yeah, I still got a little step. I can jump off the... I may hurt myself, but as long as I can do it, folks, Jesus took your sin... My sin, and and even the sorriest idiot you can think of in Ashley County, Jesus died for them. And so don't think that there's somebody that the blood won't apply to. Because he, he took all that ordinance and said, the Old Testament had 613 laws. You think it was only 10? If 610 was the first of 613, there's 603 more to go. All of it said, you can't do it. You can't get to heaven and you certainly can't be perfect. Jesus said, I got this. Every mistake you've ever made, I'll pay for it. And it says here, he nailed it to the cross. Listen, I'm going to make this as plain as I can. If you're here and you think that because you're better than somebody over there in the Ashley County Jail, or you're better than some, you know, I said, you know, I've heard people, every church I've ever pastored say, I know who goes to your church. I know I'm as good as they are. It's don't compare yourself to other people, because we all fall short of God's grace. Compare yourself to Jesus. That's why we need a Savior. We all have sinned. And you say, well, I've never killed anybody. I'm glad. But we've all lied. We've all done something we shouldn't have done. And even if you could be perfect, you've still got a black heart. Even if you could live without sin. That's why none of us in this room are better than anybody else in this entire world. And that's why we need a Savior. If you've never asked Jesus to save you, then you do not have a home in heaven. Hell is your final destination. That's it. And I'm not trying to scare you. It's kind of like, you know, somebody come up to me and said, you got a flat tire. I don't want you to 
to have a wreck. I want to protect you. And I want you to know that we're headed down a road without Jesus. The final destination's hell. It's just a warning. The sound of his death. Matthew 27 and verse 46. I love the accent of that person. Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, Aramaic. For my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them stood there. When they heard that, they said, hey, he's calling for Elijah. And verse 48 says, And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar, put a reed on it and gave him a drink. The rest said, let's see whether Elijah will come and save him. Jesus, when he cried again, notice this, another sound with a loud voice. It wasn't a weak, whimpering voice, but with a loud voice, he cried out. And yielded up the ghost. Behold, the veil. Imagine that curtain. Did you know that curtain was about four inches thick? It wasn't like the one on the video. That, that curtain, if it followed the pattern of the Old Testament, about four inches thick. That's a thick curtain. The veil of the temple was rent, torn in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. I mean, the whole creation. There's one verse over in the, uh, one of Paul's letters where it says that all of creation groans. It shakes. I mean, think about it. The Son of God just died for every human from Adam to the... Did you know there's going to be a last person? Did you ever think about that? There's going to be a last person one day? There, if there's the first, there's going to be a last And Jesus said, I am the first and the last. So he's got it all covered. Okay? And he's the beginning and the end. And guess what? And so he's shed his blood. And we're going to have a chance to have eternal life. And all of creation shook at the contradiction. What contradiction? A sinless man took up on all the sin of the world. That's a contradiction. Earth and the rocks. Then you have the sound of his resurrection. Still in this same gospel in the account of Matthew, this is the part that some people may not be aware of. It says, and behold, this is this is sometime according to the Jewish calendar, the way they do their days. Their day begins at 6 p.m. One day ends, the next day begins. Jesus, Saturday at 6.01 p.m. begins the Jewish Sunday. Sometime between 6.01 p.m. Saturday, because to a Jew that's Sunday, and before the sun came up on our, what we call a Sunday, so y'all, you can follow that. 6.01 p.m. Saturday, 
All the way before the dawn of the day, the women are headed there. Sometime during the darkness, the, the ground was shaken, and the angel came down from heaven, grabbed the stone. And if you've ever been to, or seen Miss Francis's pictures, you've seen the garden tomb. The idea there's two types of coverings, and one of them is that flat rock which rolls sideways in a groove and uncovers a short entrance. They've hollowed it out so people can go in. But if you read the other accounts, it says that Peter and John stooped down and looked in. That means the entrance was about two and a half feet tall. And so that stone was there and the women knew they couldn't move it. But they got there and the the earth had already shook. The angel had rolled it away and now the angel's sitting there waiting on them. Hey, how y'all doing? Who you here? Who you looking for? It says it. It does. Look at it. Behold, a great earthquake, and for angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. And then, of course, our verse was where he said, they, the angel said, Look, take a look in yonder. He's not there. He's risen. The sound of, then what I call the sound of joy. The sound of joy is they departed quickly from the sepulcher. Notice that. I mean, right out of God's Word, this, hey, I love it whenever it's just clear. When it says they departed quickly from the sepulcher, means they were in the sepulcher. They were in there, they're coming out, and then they're excited. He's not here. So many of us have lost the joy. Would you agree with me on that? So many of us have lost our joy concerning a risen Savior. It says in verse 8, they, with, they departed with fear and great joy. Why are they afraid? A lot of times we're afraid of what we don't understand. And did run to bring the disciples' words. That means you drive quickly. <laughs> and they went to tell His disciples... And behold, Jesus met with them saying, and I love the verse 9. Let me put that in redneck where it says, all hell. Hey, how y'all doing? That's exactly what it means. How are you doing? All hell. How are you? Good to see you. And they came and they held him by the feet and worshiped him. Verse 10. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid. Go and tell my brethren that go into Galilee, that they go into Galilee and there they shall see me. Well, there's one more sound. Before I read this in Matthew 24, there's one more sound. Folks, he did all of that so you, can, you and I can enjoy a home in heaven. Jesus did all of that so that you and I could have eternal life. But folks, He's coming again one day. Amen? He's coming again one day. In Matthew 24, in verse 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, 
so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. I love that. That means coming out of the east and headed to the west. Take a look at this one. 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, a, a continuation of the description here. <clears throat> and uh, it says this, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Which tells me, if you harmonize all of these Scriptures together, that folks, if, uh, if Mr. Jesse is over there in the cemetery, he's mowing, I pray that he knows Jesus as his Savior. But if he don't, anybody that's walking around Promised Land Cemetery, when Jesus comes back, but folks, he's going to bust out of that sky right over there, and all of a sudden, all those graves over there of people that are saved will bust wide open and scare the daylights out of anybody that's standing there and then all of a sudden everybody that's saved will get to go up right behind them i tell you it's going to happen jesus is coming again i pray that you know him the if you read the entire chapter of matthew 24 it says this two will be in the field one will be taken the other left Two will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken. The other left. And that could be talking about two welders over at that mill over there. Grinding away. Over at the paper mill. Where we got to get this weld built. One of them's saved. And one of them's not. One of them's gone. And the other one's not. And the one that got left behind. May be your friend. And you know what they said when you busted the heavens open? Why didn't they ever tell me about Jesus? Jesus is coming again. Have you told your friend or your family member about Him? Whoever's going to be left behind, it's not going to be good news. But we have good news right now. As we prepare for Him to invitation. Father, as we bow before You, asking that Your Holy Spirit would help drive home the truths, the Scriptures, the words. We can still hear those sounds today as we read about them. We know the pain and the agony you felt. We know you did it because you love us. Thank you for giving your life so that we could live. And then rising from the grave so that we could spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen.